Welcome to Talking Success with Asma Mir in partnership with Withers, the international law firm. Ultimately, what really drives me is actually my children and leading by example. How do I use the good things that success has brought me to help other people be successful? I think that's what really floats my boat. My name is associated with a drug that has been used by tens of thousands of physicians or hundreds of thousands of patients around the world. And that is actually greater than any financial return. I'm Asma Mir, and in this series, I get to chat to a whole range of successful people, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and leaders in their field. What I want from these conversations is to identify and unpack the crunch points in their careers and their lives, those crucial moments where a decision or a reaction made all the difference. There is a sentence that I appreciate that says, doing what you like is uh, freedom, but liking what you do is happiness. Today, I'm speaking to Matteo Lunelli, CEO of the Lunelli Group. Matteo is the third generation to run the family business, which today consists of six different beverage brands, including Ferrari Trento sparkling wine. Matteo is also president of the Alta Gama Foundation, a network promoting leading Italian luxury brands. Matteo, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks to you, Asma, for the introduction and thanks to Wieters for involving me. No problem. I'm sorry if I if I butchered all those Italian pronunciations, but I'm looking forward to you saying them beautifully in your Italian accent. They were perfect. <laughs> You're very kind. Um, I've got quite a curious question that I want to start off with. Do you have a, a saying that you always tell yourself when even someone like you, when even you need a confidence boost? First of all, you know, when I'm facing a challenge or I'm in a difficult moment, you know, I always try also to think about places I love and most of all people I love because uh, I believe, uh, you know, love and passion gives you positive energy. Love and passion make us stronger anytime. When I'm afraid to fail, I say to myself, uh, you know, as a famous uh, American coach said, uh, you know, it's not important how many times you fell down or you fall in your life, but it's important to see how many times you get back up. Now, it's a family business. So to start off, could you tell me how your grandfather started the business? Yeah, actually, the man who started the business was Giulio Ferrari, which was not related to my family. And it was in 1902. Giulio Ferrari was uh, a pioneer and the first one to really understand the vocation of Trentino and the mountain viticulture. And uh, so he started the production in 1902, a very small production with the idea of creating an excellent sparkling wine in his own region. And then he ran the winery for 50 years. After the Second World War, since he had no children, he had to find somebody who could continue his vision. And this is when my grandfather came. You know, there were many pretenders who wanted to acquire the winery. But uh, between these pretenders, he chose my grandfather, Bruno Lunelli, as his successor. Because uh, my grandfather was a wine merchant in Trento, so he was, uh, he was a client of Giulio Ferrari and he was also promoting the wines in the region. So he knew that my grandfather was the perfect person to really bring on and continue the vision he had. And um, from the meeting of Giulio Ferrari and my, my grandfather probably really started a great growth period of, of our winery, but uh, always remaining faithful to the principle of the founder. 
And this is very important because, you know, in 1902, it was not obvious in Trentino the idea to create an excellent sparkling wine because wine was a part of the normal culture of the farmers. While Giulia Ferrari wanted to create an excellent sparkling wine dedicated to the most exclusive clients in Italy, to the best restaurant in Milan, to the cruising boats uh, around the Mediterranean. So that dream that started with Giulia Ferrari is at the heart of our DNA. And I think it's what we really care, you know, achieving excellence in every detail uh, and making great wines in our region. Did you always want to go into the family business? Was that never in any doubt? Because you did go off and um, study economics and then you went into finance before joining the group. So was that all part of the plan or were you delaying the decision? The family business has always been part of my life, but I never gave for granted that I would be part of it. It's a decision that, um, you know, I think matured slowly. After studying at university, it was the end of the 90s, uh, and uh, I got graduated at Bocconi University. At that time, uh, finance was a great place to work, and uh, there were these uh, investment banks uh, presenting themselves in the university. Goldman Sachs was one of them, and when I got an offer, I thought it was fantastic. I had the opportunity to go to New York, then moving to Zurich, uh, and then again London. So it was a fantastic experience. You know, It was not obvious for me that I would have go back to Trento. But uh, it grew over time, I think. And I always kept in touch. At that time, my, my uncle, Gino Lunelli, was uh, the president of, uh, of uh, Ferrari Winery. And we always were always in touch and uh, exchanging ideas. And, uh, you know, at a certain stage, in a certain moment, he really called me saying, Matteo, I think it's time for you to take a decision. What do you want to do in your life? Do you want to be a manager or you want to be an entrepreneur? Do you want to continue what you're doing and or you want to to join the family business and work in the wine industry? Now, you're in the family business now. Can you now, with all your kind of years of experience and wisdom, see what the pros and cons are of being inside a family business? Yes. You know, like in the wine industry, you need to have a long term horizon. And uh, I think a family business is uh, very uh, strong in that. When you plant a vineyard, for example, you really need to think at not only at long term, but really you need to think at the next generation sometimes. Because uh, when you plant a vineyard, sometimes uh, it takes almost more than 20 years or even 25 years from the time you start thinking about that vineyard to the final outcome of a great reserve. Mm. So you need this long-term horizon. And I think a family business is, uh, can do that better than any other company. But uh, in a family business, you also face a lot of challenges because you need really to make sure that the relationship between the company and the family is appropriately uh, regulated uh, because uh, the company should not serve the family and vice versa. The family should serve the company. And in addition, I think the greatest challenge is really to be able to attract talented managers and talented people from outside the family who needs to join the business and share the value and share the passion. You know, when a family business can do that, it's usually successful in the long run. Otherwise, it is a problem. And uh, I think that it is um, very important to write the rules and to really establish the rules that uh, needs to regulate the relationship between the company and the family. Because uh, when you write the rules and, and the problem arise, then you can manage it. 
Mm. When a rule is needed, you cannot write it anymore because the people will start complaining or discussing. But when you say rules, do you mean like contracts or do you mean rules? We have decided to write down uh, family bylaws, which are just, uh, it's, a, it's a formal agreement between all that has been signed by all the members of the family and that regulates uh, these, what we share as uh, common practices. Mm. Now, you mentioned challenges early on, and of course, the last year has been very challenging for businesses, but it must have been especially for a business that places itself, defines itself as as a luxury brand, because of course, the thinking is that when people are suffering, the last thing they think of is 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 luxury. But maybe I'm wrong. How How has your business coped over the last year and have you had to change anything? Certainly, 2020 has been a challenging year and a very difficult year for all of us, not only from a professional point of view, but also from a personal point of view. The luxury goods sector, which I know very well because as chairman of Alta Gamma, of Fondazione Alta Gamma, I, I share ideas and views with um, many entrepreneurs in the luxury sector. The luxury sector has been hit by the pandemic very severely because uh, uh, first of all, retail was closed, conviviality was uh, stopped dramatically, and uh, the tourism completely was blocked. And these three elements are very strong engines for the luxury goods sector. We estimated around the world, uh, on average, you know, we had a decrease of 20% in 2020. Uh, then some sectors have been hit more, some others less. But what we are also witnessing is that uh, this sector is recovering very fast. Obviously, it will be stronger depending on the effectiveness of the vaccines to fight the pandemic. It will be uh, even stronger if the tourism flow will start again. Mm. And if, uh, uh, as we all hope, the world will open up and uh, fast and we will be all <laughs> back uh, to meeting together, going to restaurants together and being able to cheer together, which is something I really look forward <laughs> Did you have to make any difficult decisions? I mean, perhaps not you, but perhaps people within the organization to, I don't know, to, to change suppliers, to lose people kind of who were working within the organization. Did you have to get rid of anyone? Luckily not. We had to take a difficult decision, but not about people. Uh, and this is uh, something I feel uh, very proud and also lucky, you know, being a leader of a very strong group, we were able to protect our people. And uh, last year, I think we were able to demonstrate uh, social responsibility towards all our stakeholders. First of all, our employee, we are in the food and beverage sector, which in Italy never closed. In addition, you know, in the vineyards, you cannot leave it. You know, you need to continue to take care of the vineyards. So it was impossible to stop completely the activity. So even in the first lockdown, we never stopped our activities. The focus has been at that time to make sure that we were working, but uh, protecting, first of all, the health of the people working with us. Um, in addition, we were able to demonstrate social responsibility towards our communities. In the wine sector, you know, the, our wineries are extremely linked, uh, strongly linked to their own land. And this is what we have done by making some donation to different hospitals and uh, and different associations that were working in the community. Mm. 
I mean, it definitely sounds like a, a moment, perhaps even a defining moment. I wonder, though, before 2020, was there another kind of moment in your career, a decision that you made that that did kind of set the tone for the rest of your life? It might have been it uh, when you were studying. It might have been when you were in finance. It might have been within the group. But, but was there a particular moment that that you realized that you were having to make a big, big decision that would have consequences or repercussions or would set you on a particular path in your own life? So for me, uh, you know, leaving Goldman was anyway leaving something where I invested a lot of energy, a lot of energy and commitment for five years. But, you know, I, I realized that anyway, in the long run, I wanted to take the challenge of being an entrepreneur. And I wanted to work in a wine business because it was something linked to my territory, the history of my family, and I thought it was a wonderful opportunity. So I took the decision and I remember I was living in London with my wife and then we moved to Trento. So it was a big, big change, but I never regretted the decision. Uh, it has been an amazing journey since then. Uh, it has been uh, full of uh, incredible positive experiences and success. And I love what I do. I think that, uh, you know, there is a sentence that I, that I appreciate that says, doing what you like is uh, a freedom, but liking what you do is happiness. Mm. And uh, I feel extremely happy about what I do now because it, it's a wonderful sector. We create something that it's linked to the positive emotion to, of people. It is an expression of our territory. It is an expression of Italian lifestyle. And I'm very proud of what we do. And the whole Lunelli group has grown. We have wonderful brands, a fantastic team. So as I said, I never regretted that decision. Mm. Let's talk about um, success now. You're clearly a very successful businessman. In your career so far, when was the moment where you felt most successful? A moment which I remember very well is uh, the time when we were awarded the title of uh, Sparkling Wine Producer of the Year at the Champagne and Sparkling Wine World Championship. Because this is the competition, the most important competition for the world of sparkling wine. It takes place in London. And um, being named Sparkling Wine Producer of the Year was uh, an incredible result. We were the first non-French brand to be awarded. We won the highest number of gold medal in that edition also versus some of the top brands of Champagne. So I felt extremely proud together with all our team because I thought it was uh, an outstanding result. So that was a very important moment. What about the moment where um, Ferrari Trento became the F1 podium partner, which effectively means that when um, the drivers get up on the podium, that's the wine that they kind of shake up and spray all over each other. That must have been pretty amazing the first time you saw that. Yes. And actually, it was uh, very recently in Imola. And it's funny because the Imola GP was dedicated to Made in Italy. So starting our adventure in Formula One in Imola, in this GP, has been a very special moment. Obviously, I was there and uh, they brought me just in front of the podium uh, in that moment. And when I saw the three pilots taking the bottle and celebrating with Ferrari, it was an incredible emotion. It has been uh, a dream that come true now. Uh, we dreamed about it uh, since uh, many years. 
And it's a project that uh, we started to realize in uh, 2019. So the discussion and the talks with Formula One started in 2019. Then came COVID. And I have to say that it was not easy to be strong enough uh, to continue mm. this uh, project uh, in a moment like the 2020, you know, where you had a lot of question mark on the future. Everybody was worried. But... Um, this demonstrates that sometimes also in crisis, you can uh, find a lot of opportunities. Mm. Now, throughout your career, you may have had, um, you will have had highs and lows. You will have had successes. You will have had decisions that you didn't want to make, but that you had to, that were difficult. I wonder if you look back now at where you are right now in your career, are there any specific lessons that you learned, that you learned from? Oh, there are many things that I learned, and I hope I will continue to learn in the future. But uh, first of all, I think I learned that uh, success comes from being consistent to specific values in the long term. This has been, I think, uh, extremely important for all, uh, for Ferrari Trento, for Bizol, and for most of our brands. And uh, then I realized uh, people is at the heart of what we do anyway, and people makes the difference. So it is all about uh, teamwork. It is all about uh, being able to share a passion and values with the people that work with, with you. And uh, we are very lucky because uh, with my cousins and with my family, we share the same passion and the same values. And we share these values with an amazing team of people that feel part of what we do. And then, uh, you know, many other things that I realized, for example, you know, I'm, I tend to have a lot of attention to detail. And I think that this is important to have in a culture of attention to detail. At the same time, you need not to get lost into details because um, success is often determined by a small number of decisions which were crucial. And uh, it is important so over time to understand which are these important decisions and uh, focus on these key issues because they will make the difference long run. And then in my career, I also learned that uh, it's, uh, it's important to trust yourself, to trust uh, also your gut feeling. Certainly, I tend to be analytic. I want to make a lot of analysis to exchange ideas with my team, with my family, but then also, also important to, to trust yourself when you need to take a decision. So, but again, it's uh, a lot of things uh, that I learned from the people I work with, from uh, my mistakes, uh, and I look forward to learn again more in the future. <laughs> this is true. You never stop learning. Um, we're coming to the end of the interview. I just wanted to ask you about one specific area, and that is, I want to ask you about climate change um, specifically, as that's, of course, going to have an impact on wine production in the future. How do you plan around that? Climate change will have an impact on wine production, that's for sure. And that's the reason why since many years, for example, we are moving higher the average altitude of our vineyards. So we are lucky because in Trentino, which is a mountain territory, by going 100 meter higher, you get one degree less in average temperature during the year. So all the new vineyards we are, which we are planting are at higher altitudes. On the other side, I have to say also that we try also to contribute to stopping this. And this is why sustainability is very important for us. 
we have all our state vineyards, which are certified organic, which means that we do not use pesticide, herbicide or chemical treatments. And uh, the organic certification of our vineyards has been a very important uh, uh, result and success for us. But we are also proud that we contributed to spread a culture of sustainable viticulture in our region. And so many years ago, we, we created a protocol of sustainable viticulture that we shared with all our grape growers, which is a protocol that uh, wants to balance uh, the objective of creating, of having excellent grapes, but at the same time, protecting the environment and the health of the people working in the vineyard. And this, uh, I would, I underline, it's even more important for these grape growers because they live in front of the vineyard. Their kids play close to the vineyards. Uh, sustainability is a value that, especially in our generation, we have put at the center of all our strategies. It's fascinating stuff, and it, it gives us all hope that you know people like you are are thinking so comprehensively ahead of of how of what you can do. Um, just to end on, Matteo, I have some lighter, quick fire questions. So, first of all, then, um, which one word sums up your working style? Passion. What's your favorite time of the work day? The evening. Oh, okay. <laughs> because usually in the evening is when I'm working in an event. Mm. And uh, that's normal. That's unfortunately something that's not happening in this moment. <laughs> You're missing it, aren't you? I can yeah. tell. Um, if you had a magic wand, what one thing would you change about the way that people work? It would be difficult because everyone everyone has uh, something different that can give to us. And uh, I believe that diversity is, uh, is an asset. So changing would be also uh, dangerous because the risk is to make everything equal. Mm. When we will lose uh, the beauty of working with people that has different ideas and different attitudes. Very, very fair answer. Um, is there a thing, a one, just one thing that sometimes frustrates you in a working environment? In wine, sometimes is uh, the fact that uh, you need patience and time to create a great wine. And sometimes uh, I would like to have uh, faster results, but it's also the beauty of wine. And so sometimes when we look, for example, in our winery at some wines evolving over time, we think they are exceptional, but you need to wait. You feel frustrated sometimes, but it's also even better when the wine can be presented and when it's over. If you had to use only one of these things when making a decision, would you choose your head or your heart? And you can only have one, Matteo. The heart. <laughs> and if you weren't working as a CEO, what do you think you would be doing? You know, it would be easy to say that I would be stealing Goldman Sachs because it was, uh, I was happy about it. But, uh, or perhaps I would be a politician. Wow. <laughs> Goodness me. That would be interesting. Um, thank you so much, Matteo. It was fantastic to speak to you. Thanks to you. Thank you very much for the interview. The thing about Matteo is that he just seems like such a warm, passionate guy. He'd probably be a lot of fun to work for. And he was very honest in his answers as well. He was very honest about just fronting up to the difficulties of being a successful CEO of a huge family empire. And I really, really enjoyed speaking to him. Thank you for listening to Talking Success. 
You can find out more about Withers on their website, withersworldwide.com. Talking Success is a Feast Collective production. The producer is Hannah Varrell. The executive producer is Kate Taylor. And I'm Asma Mir. Goodbye. <laughs>